0: Thank you, Jesus. We've come to partake this morning of the body and the blood of Jesus. And if uh, you could have it pass out, honey. Thank you, Lord. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now. Lord, speak to our hearts and our minds, Lord. Open up our eyes to see your supernatural life, your supernatural power, your supernatural plan for our life. Lord, you've given us everything we need to live this life. All we have to do is surrender to it. That's all we have to do. And Father, we thank you for this body and the, the bread that you have given us and the, the blood of Jesus. And we come before you today as a body, Lord, because you told us, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. This is our connection to you, Jesus, not only in the spiritual world, but in the physical world as you take the bread and you take the wine and as your word says you transform it into the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus hallelujah Uh, one of the things that I wanted to share with you this morning for communion is the Lord's Prayer so let's say it together Uh, Joe do you want to put it up what is it is what's the scripture Chris for the Lord's Prayer Matthew (laughs) can you put it up Joe just put up the Lord's Prayer it'll bring it up (laughs) this is a this is a prayer that Jesus told us he told the people in the word this is how you are to pray he gave us the specific words, right? And I purposely wanted the communion to be passed out ahead of time. So we have it like in our hands. And like we spill it on our clothes. And it's a part of us. It's who we are. This is, this is Jesus saying, I want to be a part of your life right now. I want to be a part of you. Did you find the Lord's Prayer? So this is what, so as we hang on to this, ready? We're going to pray this together, and so let's start. This then, together, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this Today, our daily bread. Stop there, Joe. Go back. Give us today our daily bread. Now, Jesus told us that he is the what of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, if you eat this bread you will never be hungry. Think about that. He said, if you eat this bread, you will never be hungry. He told us that we have to eat the bread, which is the body, represents the body. He said to his disciples in the upper room when he passed out the bread, he said, he passed out the bread, he passed out the wine to his friends that he had been with for three years every day ministering together being together hurting together playing together loving together he passed it out and then he said to them hold your bread he said this is my body this is my body he told them, he showed them the wine, and he said, this is my blood. And the reason he did that is he was declaring a sermon that he had given before that, where, every, where he told people, you, if you don't eat the body and you don't drink the blood, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. This is a huge part of our life with Christ. And all he asks for is that we come and surrender ourselves. We come believing. Can you come this morning and just put it all down, put down the burden, put down the worries, put down the fears, and just come before the Lord and say, here I am. I'm going to tell you right now that this... Communion, koinonia is the Greek word for it, which means connection, is one of the connections to Christ where his DNA actually enters our body. We become one. It's the marriage supper of the Lamb. So as we partake this morning, you, you don't have to come Ready. You don't have to come perfect. You don't have to come because you've read your Bible 20 times in the week. You don't have to come because you sang worship right on key. You don't have to come because you witnessed to so many people this week. You come because you need Him and He loves us. And if we just open ourselves up to Him, he will come in. He will come in. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And parents, I would say this to you this morning, like with your children, like you're, you're covering over them as they see you partake of the blood and the body. As they see you, you cover them spiritually like Jesus covers us. He's our father, right? He covers us. He covers us through the cross, through the blood that he shed for us. As you partake and your children watch you partake, that is a spiritual covering. It's a spiritual force field that covers and protects your family, that covers and protects you, that brings you in through the simple act of partaking of communion. It's so simple, and the church has made it so religious. But this, my friends, is a miracle of God. When we partake of the body, he will give us today our daily bread. Before we partake, I'll just share, we watched Rodney Hard Brown last night, who's having revival services for many days, and he and Mom and Ed have been to their church, but he... It was the end of the service, and he passed out communion to all of the people. And Julia, they use those little cups that you hate (laughs) with a little cracker inside. I was thinking of that this morning, but I was like, no, we can't go back to that because Julia hates it. (laughs) So we have the cracker and the juice. But he said that every time they have a service, they end it with communion. And he believes his church, he actually was arrested during COVID because his church would not put the mask on. They said, "Uh uh-uh, we are covered by Christ. We're not putting a mask on, and we're not stop." And they were told to stop church. They would not stop church, and they would not put a mask on. They would let their, if their congregants put it on, that was fine. But the pastor was like, nope. I am not doing that, and he was arrested. He got, they literally came and arrested him during COVID, and he went to jail for a while, not very long, but he got out, and he won his case because the government cannot infringe on religion that's in our Constitution. But he said that he believes for his congregation and for the body of Christ that communion The body and the blood is what kept us. It's what kept us. And for many of us, as we partook together, it kept us from dying in some cases. He, this body and this blood of Jesus, we can't, guys, you can't study this enough. You can't sing about it enough you can't research it enough. You can't pray about it enough. It's a miracle. The body and blood as we partake is a miracle. As you eat this body, the body, the bread is transformed into the body of Jesus. So let's lift it up this morning. Father, we praise you for your body. We thank you, Jesus. And we partake together. Let's partake Thank you, Jesus. You were broken. Your body was broken. That we would be healed. And as we partake of the, your broken body this morning, Lord, we ask that you would heal our bodies and that you would heal the bodies of those who need your healing this morning, mentally, physically, spiritually. We pray for miracles to come and to take place in the name of Jesus now lift the blood we lift this cup to you Lord Jesus we thank you for your provision and we ask that God as we drink this simple cup that the blood of Jesus would pour all over us Lord head to toe you would forgive us and cleanse us and make us white as snow by the precious blood of Jesus and that as we receive your forgiveness, Lord, that we would also forgive others. Father, do the work that you do in us, and we thank you and praise you. Let's partake. Lord, we thank you and praise you for the body and the blood. Bless each person here. Bless them this week. Bring them miracles, Lord. Speak to them. Lord, speak to them this week and show them your love and your glory. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said...
1: All right, praise the Lord, amen? God is good all the time. Grace, you want to come on down? Time for an offering, amen? Father, I thank you and praise you for this day. I thank you and praise you, Lord God, for the blessing that we have in you, the untold the unknown the lord the just the availability of your blessings on our lives lord god just our miracles and are amazing and we thank you and we praise you for that and lord we come today lord god into your house to praise and worship you lord god and we just pray right now in jesus name that you would do a mighty thing in this place Lord, we come against, Lord God, the the spirit of the Antichrist, the devil that tries to steal and rob us of blessings. Lord God, that tries to uh, take our worship, that tries to destroy our homes and our families, and tries to steal, Lord God, your prosperity that you want for your people, Lord God. And tries to steal not only our prosperity, but our health. We come against him right now in Jesus' name. We bind him up. He has no place or right in our families, in our homes, in our finances, in our health, in Jesus' name. And we pray that you would bless, Lord God, this tithe and this offering today as we come giving to you cheerfully, Lord God. And you said in your word that you will pour out a blessing that we cannot control, pressed down and running over. And we believe that. We don't doubt it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. amen. The title of this sermon is called We Need God. I'm losing my markers. We need God. Chris needs a that pulpit moved up here because I need more space. <laughs> Amen. I need more space. Amen. You know there's teachings out there that tells us to not to let anybody know of your problems or your struggles. That you can handle things yourselves. Don't let anybody know what's going on. Don't let them know your trials, your tribulations. Handle things yourselves. You know, it's actually a new age teaching. Joe, is this new? (laughs) This is new? No? What's that? Huh. Text GIVE. 607-564-4483. And there you go. You can give with your phone. Text GIVE to the church. Amen? Especially for those that are listening online. We don't want you to be robbed of a blessing either, right? Don't want to be robbed of blessings. God promises that you'd be blessed. <clears throat> But do you know there's an actual teaching out there that tells you that you can basically handle things on your own. You don't need God. You don't need Christ. You are your own savior. Save yourself. And then you can save others. You know, heal yourself. It's actually a New Age teaching. Don't tell anybody about your problems. We can handle it ourselves. Keep it within The facts are that we cannot save anyone, let alone ourselves. (laughs) We can't even save ourselves. There's only one that saves, and that's Jesus. Amen? There's teaching, there's self-help books all over the place. And how to get over your struggles... Most of them just, what they do is they just suppress it. Put it in a box, don't open the box. Hopefully it won't get opened. Right? Hopefully they'll never return or show their ugly face until all of a sudden the right trigger comes along. (laughs) My grandson's out there, his name is Jack. But you ever have that toy called a jack-in-the-box? We have one at the house, a little jack in the box, and you crank it and you crank it and you crank it, and you don't know when that little clown or whatever it is pops out of the top of the box and you laugh. (laughs) Right? It's called a jack in the box. You guys have heard of jack in the boxes, right? You've seen them, the kids have played with them. It's true. That's true. With our lives, you know, we, we get going around, what we do, some of these self-help books tell you to suppress things. Don't, you know, if you, if you forget about it, you don't mention it, forget it, forgive it, move on, that it'll never pop back up again. Well wait till the right trigger comes along, right? Who here have ever struggled with anger? Oh, come on, who's honest? Who's ever struggled with anger? I mean, like, for real? right? Do you think you've got anger under control? You think you might have anger under control until all of a sudden, just at the wrong time, you, you get so mad and angry that you just blow up. That's an example of that little jack-in-the-box because you know what? You haven't really dealt with that anger properly, right? You haven't really dealt with it properly. We need God so much in our lives, even through all those little things. And those little things make a huge difference in a person's life on how they live. You know, the world has been trying to eliminate God. Eliminating God from our children, from our families, from our societies, from our government, from everything. The devil wants to cancel God. He wants to cancel out God. The woke want to cancel God. They want to be able to do things on their own, handle things on their own. You know, the devil's had a game plan. Yes, he has had a game plan. <laughs> You know, and it started back, I mean, it started way back. It's when he was defeated, when Jesus defeated him. You know, he knows he's defeated. But what he wants to try to do is destroy us, destroy those that God loves, and destroy God's children and keep God's children from coming to him. Where, where everything comes from, that is good. Everything one of the big things and and strategic moves that he made and that he won was removing prayer from schools. Removing prayers from schools. He knows that if the devil can get into the schools and get into our children at a young age, that he can steal a whole generation. A whole generation. Amen? We just saw this in our own backyard take place this last week. That in an elementary school in Enwell, Homer Brink, that they actually sent out Satan Club flyers with the kids. Now, elementary kids are kids Owen's age, Ollie's age, and Jackson's age. Can you imagine that? Your child coming home with a flyer from wanting to be a member of the Satan's Club. This is a strategic move by the devil to get into our children's brains, just like the teaching of evolution is. The devil knows that if he can steal a generation from God, then that generation will teach the next generation. And the multiplication of that is just, I can't even fathom the multiplication. Because once a child thinks he knows something to be right, even though it's wrong, but he's got it in his heart that it's right because he's been taught by the teachers, or he saw it on TV, or they saw it on Facebook or the news. They believe the adults, they believe their parents, even though the teaching's all wrong. And then they teach the next kids, and so on and so on. And it's like a huge triangle that goes out. And pretty soon, a whole generation forgets of God, the Creator, who created them, how the earth was created. They forget about God's moral laws. It's devastating. And now, as Christians, we have to deal with this with our children. We have to stay on top of this all the time. All the time, because of so many false teachings out there that have been made to be so real. The facts of the matter is, we need God. We need God now more than ever in our lives. We need God now more than ever in our families We need God now more than ever in our marriages, in our our children's lives, in our schools. We need God more than ever in our government. I'm telling you from experience, it's only God that can wash you clean and make you whole. It's only God that can truly heal you from your spirit, soul, and body. Only God. I know because God reached down and he saved me. He was there for me when I needed him most. And it's only God that set me free from the slavery, the bondage, and the sin that I was in. He washed my mind. He cleansed me from the inside out. And God did that for me. He will do it for you. He is no respecter of persons. None. He loves us all equally. He doesn't have any favorites. He loves each and every one of you. Just like he loved me enough to reach down and put my life on a totally different course than the course that it was going. The course that my life was going would lead to death or imprisonment for the rest of my life. It's that simple. But God changed that course, and he is the one that delivered me from all the addictions. No matter what kind of addictions or struggles you might have, God is more powerful than any of that, and he can do it like that. He can do it in an instant. He did it for me in an instant. It's still a miracle that, you know, people say, you don't have any cravings. You don't have any withdrawals. You don't have any flashbacks. i got none of that. I've had none of that. Deliver me from all of that. Cleanse my mind. He can do it for me. He can do it for you. Whatever you're struggling with, whether it be anger, lying, whether it be thieving, whether it be pornography, whether it be anything else, God is stronger and more able to To cleanse you than anything this world has ever seen. He can do it. And he can do it in an instant. You know, for me, I was at my lowest of lows. I was crying out in my spirit. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue what I was doing. But I know in my spirit that there was something wrong. I know that my life was, there was something wrong, drastically wrong. And I had to make a change. Something had to Something had to change. I could not go on like I was. And I might not have been saying it verbally like I am. I know in my spirit and in my heart was crying out to God. And God heard that. He hears. You know what's amazing about God? He can hear the cry of your heart. You don't even have to speak. You don't even have to think anything. He can hear the cry of your heart. No matter what you're going through, no matter what circumstances you might be facing, things might be mounting against you that are you think they are insurpassable, that are just, I can't get out of this, I can't do this. And you know, you're right, you can't. And we can't. But with God, we can. God will, as my wife said earlier, never fail you or forsake you. There is no mountain too high. There is no valley too deep, there is no river too wide that God won't be there to save you. None. It's simple. It really is simple. We just need to trust Him and believe. God help us with our unbelief. Amen? Help us with our unbelief. God is for us. He is not against us. We have to believe that, and then we have to walk in that. Amen. We need God more than ever. And we need God more than ever now, especially in the day and the age that we're living in, because the devil is ramping up his tactics. We see it. We see it in our children. We see it in the teachings of our children and our kids. We see the attacks in our homes. We see the attacks on our families. We see the attacks in our government and the laws and the things that they are passing that are absolutely insane and crazy. Insane and crazy. Now they want to have special rights for furries, I heard. I'm like, what the heck is a furry? Are you kidding me? Right? What about special rights for Christians? What about those that stand for righteousness? What about those that stand for moral absolutes? In the word of God that stand out in the Bible. Do you know I heard of, I heard of a man. Who was it? It was Jordan Peterson. Say. The Bible is an amazing book. This Bible is an amazing book. It has been lasted longer than kingdoms. This Bible has lasted longer than nations. Think about that. Nations have come and gone. Kings have raised to power and died. The earth has quaked and shaked and baked, and volcanoes have been erupting. The earth has been flooded, but guess what? God's word still stands. God's word still stands. Isn't that amazing? It's been through floods, it's been through hurricanes. It's been through earthquakes, it's been through kingdoms, It's been through nations. God's word still stands. It's amazing. It's an amazing book. No other book is like it. It's still the most popular selling book to this day. Every year, the Bible, there's more Bible sold than any other book every year. We need God. We need God more than ever. Our God can and he will. Our God can and he will. Save you. Change this nation. Again. God said he's going to shake the earth one more time. And everything that's not of him is going to fall. He can and he will do what his word says. It's just a matter of time. And what we're running out of is time. Our lives are but a vapor. I'm already three quarters of my life. Think about that. You know, our times are short. What matters in the end is where are we with God? God. Where do you stand with God? How did you live your life? You see, I believe that we are seeing the fruit of the removing of God from our schools, from our homes, and from our government. And you know, when you remove God from all of those things, then this fruit that we're reaping right now as a nation... When we're seeing all these LGBTQ f's now for furries. <laughs> you know, when we see all this stuff taking place, when we see immorality running rapid, when we see all this calamity on the earth, it's because God is like lifting his hand off our nation and say, you want the world, then I'll give you the world. You want to know what it's like? You want to know what it's like a... The grass that's green around the other side, it's really not. I'll lift my hand off of you and not let you taste what the world tastes like. God gives His laws for our own good. And when we turn from Him, The Lord removes his hands of protection over us and our nation to experience the world as we have demanded. I want to read Romans chapter 1, 18 through 32. Look at this, Jackson. See that? a sticker. He gave it to me a long time ago. Got it in there. God's wrath against mankind, it says here. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godliness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, God has made it plain to them. Think about that. God has made it plain to us. We just refuse not to listen. We just refuse not to see it. We just refuse not to follow because we don't want to be disciplined. We don't want to be controlled, whatever it is. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. How about that one? God's clearly shown that He's real, that He's alive. God's clearly shown that He's in charge of this. We see his wonders in the heavens. We know of the testimony of Jesus. Not only not only are we don't see what God has done in the invisible part, but we've actually had God the word in the flesh that actually walked on this earth for 33 years. He was actually touched by his disciples and others. And there's visible proof of that. There's visible proof of God's creation on this earth. There's visible proof of the flood. But we refuse to see that visible proof. There's visible proof of God who created you inside of you. In the very DNA that he made. There is visible proof of you, of God who made you. In each one of us. You just got to look it up. So we don't have any excuse. There's no excuse to be able to deny God when God is so real. He's so real and present all around us and in our lives. And not only that, but we've all heard the word being preached to us. We've all heard the testimony of Jesus. There's no excuse anymore to deny that. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles and whatever else you put before God as your idol. It could be anything. Amen? Therefore God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served creative things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen? Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think of it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of Envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invite ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decrees, that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Boy, does that sound like the day that we're living in? It sure does. When I read that, I thought, this is this was written two thousand years ago by the Apostle Paul. How did he know what was going to happen in twenty twenty three? Sounds like our nation, doesn't it? Sounds like all the struggles that our nation is going through. Why? It's because that's what we wanted. And now we're reaping what we wanted. As a nation. Because God has lifted his hand off us. He said, here, that's what you want. That's what you can have. You know, there's a scripture, too, that says... Help me, Jesus. That's she out of the babababshaydey out of the ball. That if you don't fill the house once it's clean, then seven more come in, stronger. Seven more demons come and fill this house, and we're talking about this house that's in us. Here we are the church. We are Canonia. Each one of us is the church. We're a part of the church, and Canonia is the church gathering together. Amen. But if you clean the house and you sweep it clean, but if you don't fill that house with the Holy Spirit, then, then that demon that gets cast out goes and gets seven more of his friends and comes back and wants to fill that void. We have to fill the void with Christ. Amen? Amen. We have to clean the house first. Right? That's the first step. It's like a good spring cleaning. We got to go through everything and say, God, help me, cleanse me, cleanse me from all impurity. Take this away from me. I'm done. I'm done with this evil. I'm done with evil thinking. I'm done with impure thoughts. I want to be in right standing with you. That's what matters. All this other stuff is a distraction to keep me from you. You have greater plans than this for me. And that's where our nation needs to come. Our nation needs to come to a point of repentance. we got to say enough. I think people are getting to that place where they're looking at the way our nation is going and we're seeing the destruction of our nation. We need God back at the helm. There are little sparks of God moving across our nation right now, across our country. In colleges. And you know last night we were hearing about this Ashbury revival going on. But you know what? The colleges want to take control of this and are already saying, no you can't meet. It's been going on for 25 days now. Is it 11, days, 20, 11 days or 25 days where they've been worshiping God non-stop. 24-7. Hasn't stopped worship. People coming from all over the world to go there. All over the world they're coming. And now the now the colleges, because it happened in a college, now the college, and it's happening with our college kids, now the college deans and professors don't like it, so they're trying to shut it down. They're trying to put up boundaries. They're trying to put God in a box. Well, let me tell you, God is bigger than any box that we can ever imagine to put him in. If God can birth stars, like Muf- Mufasa or whatever that, what's that largest star, Ephraim? Is it Mufasa? Or Beetlejuice or whatever? If God can burst stars, do you think of our stars huge, our planet, huh? Anyways, I didn't hear him. But anyways, he can burst stars through his mouth. And you think of our star, and our star is a small, relatively small star in the universe. You can't get a box big enough to put God in. You can't. God will have his way when God wants his way. And God will shake a nation if God wants to shake a nation. I pray right now that our nation is being shaken, and it wakes up and it turns to God. That it does not harden his heart, but turns to God and returns to God. And I pray and believe that that the revival that's taking place goes out as a little spark or a flame that ignites a fire across our nation throughout all our colleges and all of our kids that have been in college and are going to college and all our youth, and we take back that generation that's been stolen from us. Amen? Amen. There's a revival going on in Florida right now at Rodney Howard Brown in Tampa. He's been having extended meetings, extended meetings from his meeting that he had three or four weeks ago, and they're continuing and continuing. We need God. Our nation needs God. Our nation looks like a bunch of buffoon leaders out there right now leading our nation. They can't make up. A, they can't make up their minds whether or not to shoot a balloon down. For crying out loud, we look weak as a nation to other nations. It's terrible. What we need is a good old cry and a good old call of repentance to earnestly turn to God. That's what we need. We need a good cry of repentance to get rid of all the nonsense in our lives and say, God, I'm done with it. We need you. If you're struggling with things, I'm telling you, don't leave this place until you get your heart right with God. We could be here all day. I don't care. Amen? We need to get right with God. You want to make sure you're right with God before you leave this building. Because <clears throat> you don't know what can happen the minute you walk out of these doors. We don't know. We need to get right with God. We need to repent. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 14 and 15. It says, if my people... Who are called by by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. What does it say? Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's what we need. That's repentance. We just need to humble ourselves and pray. <clears throat> I want to close with this prayer. <clears throat> our nation needs prayer. We need to be praying for our nation and our leaders. But I want to close with this prayer. Come on, get right. This was the first prayer offered in our Congress that was ever offered up in our Congress in seventeen seventy four. You know, our nation was founded under God. says it. Right? Our nation under God, indivisible, liberty and justice, we pray. Right? We used to say that in school. I don't think they do anymore. But we used to say that all the time. Pledge of Allegiance. But this was a prayer offered in Congress in 1774. And believe it or not, they actually had a debate about this. Whether or not to open Congress with prayer. And actually, Samuel Adams stood up, I believe, let's see. So some let see That there was um and he, there was a delegate from South Carolina and New York that opposed prayer, believe it or not. New York. Yeah, break that generational curse, right? That opposed prayer. All right, I gotta get through. Got to get the right one. You have to remember the timing of this. This is when we were looking for our freedom from Britain. When we when we started Congress in 1774, we were under we were going to be at war. When the Congress met, Mr. Cushing made a motion that we should be opening with prayer. It was opposed by Mr. Jay of New York and Mr. Rutledge of South Carolina because we were so divided in religious sentiments. Some Episcopalians, some Quakers, some Anabaptists, some Presbyterians, and some Congregationalists. That we could not join in the same act of worship. Boy, it sounds like today too, doesn't it? Religion against religion. Oh, we can't join in with them in worship together. Mr. Samuel Adams arose and said that he was no bigot and could hear a prayer from a gentleman of piety and virtue. At the same time, a friend of his country. He was a stranger in Philadelphia, but had heard that Mr. Duche, Deserved the character, and therefore, he moved that Mr. Duce, an Episcopalian clergyman, might be desired to read a prayer to Congress tomorrow morning. And then the motion was seconded and passed and was affirmed. This is the prayer. Our Lord, our heavenly Father, high and mighty, king of kings and lord of lords, who dost from the throne behold all the dwellers on earth and reigneth with power supreme and uncontrolled over all kingdoms, empires and governments, look down. We beseech thee on these our American states who have fled to thee from the rod of the oppressor. That oppressor was Britain. And thrown themselves on thy gracious protection, desiring henceforth to be dependent only on thee. To thee have they appealed for the righteousness of their cause. To, de- to-, to thee do they now look up for the continence and support which thou canst give. Take them, therefore, Heavenly Father, under thy nurturing care. Give them wisdom and counsel and valor in the field. Defeat the malicious designs of our cruel adversaries. Convince them of the unrighteousness of their cause, and if they still persist in their sanguinary purpose, O let the voice of thy own unerring justice, sounding in their hearts, constrain them to drop their weapons of war from their unnerved hands in the day of battle. Be thou present, O God of wisdom, and direct the counsel of this honorable assembly. Enable them to settling things on the best and surest foundation, that the science of blood may be speedily closed." that the scene of blood may be speedily closed, that order, harmony, and peace may be effectively restored, and truth and justice, religion and piety, may prevail and flourish amongst the people. Preserve the health of their bodies and the vigor of their minds. Shower on them and the millions they hear represent such temporal blessings as Thou seest expedient for them in this world, and crown them with everlasting glory in the world to come. All this we ask in the name and through the merits of Jesus Christ, the Son, our Savior. Amen. 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 This was one of the moments in history that captured the moving of God's Spirit. Washington was there with Patrick Henry, John Randolph, Richard Henry Lee, and John Jay along with John and Samuel Adams of Massachusetts. And all 56 delegates from every colony except Georgia attended. John Adams wrote, "It was enough to melt a heart of stone. I saw the tears gush into the eyes of the old grave Pacific Quakers of Philadelphia." Amazingly, Jacob Duce, who was used so mightily that day. John Adams went on to say, After this, Mr. Duche expediently to everybody struck out into extraordinary prayer, which filled the bosom of every man present. It had an excellent effect upon everybody there. Adams then quotes from part of Psalm 35 to his wife, Abigail. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for my help. Draw also the spear and stop the way against them. Powerful prayer in our Congress. We need prayer like that that moves the heart of men. Again. We need a people like that that will stand up for righteousness in the face of the devil. Amen. So father, I pray, Lord God, as we close today that Lord that you that you would work in our hearts That we would throw off all the ways of the world and our selfish desires and that we would run to you. That we would repent, Lord God, of anything that we need to repent of. You know our hearts, Lord God, and you know that we can't hide anything from you, not even in our hearts. We might fool ourselves, but we're only fooling ourselves and hurting ourselves. Lord, we want to be right with you. We want to be in right standing with you. We want each person here to be in right standing with you. Lord God, especially on that day of judgment that's going to come for every man and woman. And I pray this, Lord God, and I pray, Father, for this day that, Lord, that you would be glorified. And we just trust in you. Lord God, work in us a miracle that only you can do the cleansing of our hearts and minds and our souls and our spirits and our bodies. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If anybody needs prayer, I'd be glad to pray for them. If you want to spend some time at the altar, you can. Amen.